Simply Financial with Christopher Calandra, Certified Financial Planner, is an innovative, comprehensive, informative, and cutting-edge podcast that discusses financial topics ranging from personal finance, economics, politics, and personal growth. Simply Financial will cover intriguing and thought-provoking questions so that the listener can simply increase their financial IQ. Welcome to the Simply Financial Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Calandra. This is episode number 13 of season 3. With me in studio today, I have uh, Matthew Oblon, or Matt Oblon, who I've known for, I probably should have looked this up, maybe 10 or 12 years. Um, over those years, we've had some really interesting conversations about money, and he has, I wouldn't say a unique view on money, but he's like the textbook unemotional views on money. And we've kicked around the last year or so, him coming and being a guest on the show. I finally got him... Uh, scheduled and here with me today. So, Matt, thanks much for coming in today. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. So, you've never been on a podcast before? Never. 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 You don't seem nervous. No, it's, you know. <laughs> uh, so, you saw the questions beforehand. I have an outline, and I'm really excited about this because uh, some of these questions I really don't know the answer to. Mm-hmm. So, it'll be kind of neat, and then I want to build up to some of your views on investing in money, which I think are um, very good models for all of us to uh, try and emulate. So to begin with, um, you're retired now. You retired a couple of years ago. Yes. Um, But when you were growing up, what did you learn about money in your early years growing up? Uh, Well, money was always tight growing up with with me and the family, you know, my mother and uh, brothers and sisters. So I always... uh, uh, well, my, my father passed away when I was only a year old, so wow. that made it uh, a little harder. And uh, and we struggled, very very hard struggling. And so I always uh, knew that money was very important. And I always had the opportunity to any time I, I had a dime or a quarter, I put it in the bank. I started out when I was in uh, probably fourth grade. We opened up a little bank account for okay. school, and mm-hmm. and I remember walking to the bank, uh, you know, downtown Meriden at the time, and depositing ten cents. And then you know, it might look funny now, but I'm telling you, mm-hmm. you start young like that because it was the habit. It was a habit. You get a nice habit going, and and you just continue with that, and you uh, you just slowly watch, you know, you know. You, watch that dime grow into a quarter eventually and then you know as as time goes on the value of money so so is that something that you saw from others so it seems like um, my my second question was going to be i think you've covered it already is that um what kind of home did you grow up in was it wealthy poor middle class it sounds like it skewed more on the the poor side, side yes, especially that's correct, with right, a right. single mom yep single mom right yeah so you know it was just something that uh you know in in watching how my mother struggled to raise the four kids on, on uh, you know, virtually just uh, Social Security uh, mm-hmm. from, from us. And then, uh, wow. some, so it was really tough. And, you know, and, uh, you know, the house that uh, we lived in was my father's house. It was a multifamily house. So we had okay. uh, other, you know, tenants that, mm-hmm. you know, came in. And, you know, of course, it was uh, tough uh, maintaining that house, too. Just out of curiosity, um, you said you ha- you're one of four siblings. Yes. So I'm going to guess you're the oldest or second oldest, am Se- I right? Second oldest. Okay. Yeah, right, second oldest, yes. And, uh, and uh, so, so, you know, I just decided, you know, back then is that, you know, if I could help myself and maybe help others and help, you know, my mother too by, mm-hmm. by saving. And that's, what, and that's what I did when I was starting young. So you didn't really learn, like I mentioned, I used the word emulate 
in the opening, you really didn't model yourself emulating after someone. It was more of um, money is scarce. I don't want to live my life like that. And saving and building wealth is is my way out of that. Exactly right. That's exactly what I did. You know, um, there was really nobody that you know there was really a role model per se. You mm-hmm. know, uh, that said, you know, you should do this. I just decided that this is you know something I needed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and continue doing that today. So you you seem like you're very disciplined with your money. Um, so can you speak to us about money rules that you have? Uh, in in handling money and accumulating wealth, um, what kind of rules do you live by in terms of money? Well, I always always believe that uh, you know when you're starting to save money um, and starting to build your wealth is to take care of yourself first. You know, if you could, when you save money or you have to pay bills, consider paying yourself as as an investment. You know, okay. uh, so you pay your mortgage, you pay your light bills, and all that. But if you can allocate so much money every time you're going to pay a bill to yourself and put it into a savings plan or investment, that's that's important. I think it, it just gives you that extra discipline to make sure that uh, you know you're also taking care of yourself into your future. So you're in your early sixties now. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting the sense, and I've always had the sense too, but you're reinforcing it that if if we had met in your 20s and we were talking about this stuff that what you just described to me would have been in your belief system then too correct right. I mean this has been consistent yeah, yeah right for a very long time yeah never I never really swayed from it to be honest with you I always kept uh, kept the rule of you know taking making sure that you know look saving for the rainy day, you know, and, and put the stuff away. Yeah, maybe at some point uh, growing up, I maybe, uh, uh, you know, could have done maybe a little bit more from, uh, you know, uh, an enjoyment standpoint. But I always looked at, well, I got what I have today and I don't need anything else right now. So I'm going to save it for the future and someday I might need it or someday I'll be able to live off of it. Any other money rules that you could speak to and pay yourself first? Mm-hmm. You're a living embodiment of that. I've read books that talk about that, but it it seems to me from what um, you've shared with me over these years that, again, you embody that mm-hmm. and you've done it for a long time. Some people come to it later in life. Right. Mm-hmm. Some people never, never yeah. get to yeah. it. But um, any other money rules that you could think of? Um. Well, like I said, I, I don't believe in, in getting a lot of debt either. You okay. Know, I believe that, you know, uh, afford what you can. You know, mm-hmm. yes, mortgages are important, stuff like that, you know, because that's, that's build up. But uh, the frivolous stuff, I uh, choose not to go unless I have the money in cash. I'll, I won't buy it mm-hmm. or, or really, you know, uh, ex- go to the extreme. Just out of curiosity, there's a very popular book. It's an older book now, um, The Millionaire Next Door. Mm-hmm. Which in in the financial services industry, as a certified financial planner, was a very powerful book because it gave the reader insights into who millionaires in this country are. And a lot of what the book talked about, it kind of defies what you would think. It's not the athlete, the the uh, the actress, the uh, trust fund baby for the Correct. most part. Right. It's it's more people like you that mm-hmm. live sensible lives, pay themselves first. Yep. Save for any day, live beneath their means, mm-hmm. careful with debt, right. things like that. Did you read that book? Uh, I read it later on in life. But okay. Yeah. I mean, it was something that, uh, you know, when I read it, I was like, oh, this is uh, pretty much a little bit about me, I yeah, guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know. There's a new one that came out 
that's um, I forget what it's called, um, but it it, it it profiled ten thousand millionaires, and it just came out. I think it's Every Day of Millionaires. Okay. Um, but I'm looking forward to yeah. checking that out, although mm-hmm. it's probably just a lot of repetition. Yeah, right. Um, have any of these rules that you have, your views on money, now that, uh, and I want to talk more about this in a moment, but now that you're in your early to mid-60s, have your views on money changed much over time? I know you already said that the pay yourself first has been consistent for decades, but as you've gotten older and... You're supposed to get wiser. Right. <laughs> uh, have any of your views on money changed as you've made your way? No, not really. I, I, I don't think so. I'm still, you know, I still believe, you know, I, I still practice today as if I was in my early 20s and 30s trying mm-hmm. to save for that next rainy day or for whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, I know we'll probably talk about it a little bit later as far as in the retirement years. And uh, that's one of the biggest factors I always uh, struggled with over the last couple of years was, uh, Okay, now that I retire, sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, now I now I have to use the money I've been saving. You know, well, well, that is the you read light in you led right into what I wanted to speak about because you know having been a financial planner for a long time and met lots of people similar to you in some shape or form is that it's difficult. Like you you've said on a number of times already in just the eight or nine minutes we're recording that's safe for a rainy day, but now. You retired at 61, right? Correct. So it was about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, not to give away your age yeah. to everybody listening. <laughs> um, so you're 63 now. So it's an adjustment. If you saved in your 20s for a rainy day, and you saved in your 30s for a rainy day, and you saved in your 40s and 50s, and now you're in your 60s and you've retired. Correct. And we're not going to give away all the right. nitty-gritty details, but you've done well for yourself. You're comfortable. You right. have a secure yes. income and a mm-hmm. secure retirement. How does you mentioned your views haven't changed, but I think they kind of have to change now over the next few years. No, yeah, I think they in that respect, yes. Uh, um, in the sense that uh, you know, you got right now is what your money's working for yourself for my for me now. I'm right, not, well, I'm not working for money, um, mm-hmm. my money's working for me, you know. Uh, before I, you know, you had a job and you, you know, you get paid, and now and now, you know. Now my money's working for me, so I look and say, okay, uh, you know, what I need is uh, I'll just withdraw whatever I need at the mm-hmm. time, and uh, I don't go crazy but, at it. But if you withdrew, mm-hmm. have you withdrawn any money from your nest egg since retirement? Uh, very, very little. Okay. So, was it weird? Very weird. Because yeah. you, you've never yeah. done that, yeah, right? Yeah, never did, never like did Like you would that. put no. in, it's essentially... I, it essentially, once I deposited my money, it was, it was in the vault and never came out. Yes, and yeah. you're so disciplined. Very disciplined. Okay, right. so now you're not taking it out because it's raining. Right. There's no crisis. No, no. It's more lifestyle, lifestyle choice. Yeah, right, true. But that's that's a big... Oh, it is big, yeah. And, and I, like I said, for the last year and a half, I pretty much was struggling with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I retired, I... I kept uh, some money in cash outside of my investments just okay, so I just can... just to kind of pre-plan. Just to pre-plan, so I've been living off of that, you know, so, and uh, and just, just waiting, you know, that when that runs out, I'll be starting to tap into my investments, and of course, you're going to have to eventually, at, you know, at age 70, start taking money mm-hmm. anyways, but, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, be able to, you know, do things I want to do with it, maybe, you know. So you think you'll be able to adjust to, you retired at 63, um healthy you know there's i imagine things that you would like to do you mm-hmm. know they call it the bucket list yeah. whether that's traveling right. uh, um I, I know you uh 
built a, built a home down south. Right. So you got some things going on. Um, you think you'll be, you'll be able to adjust and to take money out so you can enjoy yourself over uh, however long you have on this earth and balance out waiting for a rainy day, but also being able to fully enjoy the fruits of all this discipline you've had these many years? Yeah, I think so, um, especially when you, when I look at uh, my investments and then I look at the um, the gains I have on those investments. It's mm-hmm. like, wow, there's a lot of there's a lot of capital gains on those <laughs> on the money there. <laughs> so uh, uh, it's something that uh, you know, I, I, taking money out as it continues growing, I don't foresee really ever having a to struggle ever again in my life, you know. That's and, great. And I'm, and I'm hopefully that uh, I'll be able to then, uh, you know, leave some behind to some relatives and, uh, you know, and uh, hopefully get them started on the right yeah. track. Yeah, you're an American success story. And one of the things I wanted to, to talk about too is that, um, you know, I had an interesting vantage point uh, with the the um, kind of end of your career mm-hmm. because you were with a company for a long time. And uh, by all accounts, it was fulfilling work. You mm-hmm. enjoyed the work. You were well-respected. Right. The company was successful. But then there was a significant corporate change mm-hmm. that created a lot of stress. A lot of people were let go. Correct. As sometimes happened with corporate mergers, there's you know, um, casualties, if you will. Yeah. But um, there was a significant number of your employees at various age and different levels within the organization um, lost their jobs. Right. And a lot of them were hard hit. I know a lot of those people. Mm-hmm. You know them far better than I do. Good, hardworking people, and they got belt, dealt a pretty bad hand. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I want to model, and I think I want my clients to model and people that are listening, is that through all of that chaos and tumultuous, are they going to do this? Are they going to do that? Who's going to be left? Uh, who's going to be capped? All that stuff. You really didn't have a care in the world. Because you were of the right age. Right, correct. But then also with this financial security you had built for yourself, it seems to me that one of the many payoffs to that discipline and that pay yourself first that we talked about is through all of that, you were just like, well, I'm fine no matter what happens. Correct, yeah, yeah. And that's a huge blessing. It is a a blessing. It is a blessing. But like I said, it's a blessing, but it it comes with hard work and determination earlier in life. And that's what I try to, yeah tell anybody that I talk to that's younger my nieces or nephews or mm-hmm. whoever about mm-hmm. investing is to you know to start saving when you're young so sure. that this way um, if the day comes when it happens to you if you know whether mm-hmm. it's a, a job change or merger or eventually retirement you, you, you have something to live off yes of, right? now I know one of your co-workers and you may not even know this um, was a few years younger than you but was not financially secure, far from it. Mm-hmm. And that episode that you all went through was unbelievably stressful right. for him mm-hmm. and for his family. And, you know, losing a job is always scary. But when you get into your 50s and early 60s, boy, I don't want to be that vulnerable. I'm 48. I don't want to be that vulnerable right, yeah. ever, right. let alone when mm-hmm. you think you're closing in right. on getting towards retirement. And um, I remember going into that office with a lot of craziness going on and a lot of fear going on. And you were one of the coolest, <laughs> coolest, most chill people in the whole organization. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, you know, you have to keep a level minded too. You know, and yes. you know, stuff like that, and you mm-hmm. know, um, 
trying to keep your composure and you know no matter what's being dealt to you you know and you just try to work through it uh, and you know, like I said with the changes there's a lot of employees there that came up and look for advice for me sure. you know uh, mm-hmm. you know um, and I try to give them not so much advice but told them what I did in my life sure and what I what I'm doing now mm-hmm. and we, you know, what I would do in the future mm-hmm. and hopefully that uh, helps them along with their struggles that they might be having but it's notable that you're very humble when it comes to that stuff um you're successful you made lots of good decisions Mm -hmm. you've also educated yourself i wouldn't say that you're immersed in you know the deep dark recesses of investments and stuff like that but you but you you know your stuff but you don't go around in um you know a braggadocious way or you know, or like, uh, hey, let me tell you what you ought to do. If, if right, yeah. people come to you, right. you'll be very open. Yeah, I'll be open with them, yeah. But you're you're not a bull in a china no, shop. No, not at all, yeah. right. So you mentioned um, kind of, what did you say, keep your cool or mm-hmm. keep your composure. Right. So one of the things as, as we kind of move towards the end of, end of this interview is that from investing, um, you have a good knack of doing what the books and textbooks say you ought to do which is to have a long-term perspective mm-hmm. and to be unemotional. And we've had conversations over the years when the market was doing very bad and when the market was doing very well and everything in between, but you always keep your composure, right. very unemotional. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that served you very well in building wealth and capturing right. good right. long-term investment yeah. returns. Where does that come from? Jeez, uh, that's a good... Um... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, it's just something that uh, uh, hard to say. Really, I don't know where it comes from. Maybe it was my upbringing with my my mother. You know, mm-hmm. you know, having to keep fest with you know the fact mm-hmm. that you're know, raising the four children and you know her determination to stay with it and et cetera. Where, and I think maybe a lot has to do with that too. I think how much of it is you've described yourself to me as um, you're an optimist, just a sunny oh, nature oh, yeah. disposition. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. And that if something bad happens in the market and maybe in other parts right. of your life that you say, oh, that's okay. Things will get better right. or they'll improve yeah. or I'll get through this. Yeah. yeah. But it's not um, this unemotional long-term perspective. It's not because you've done intense research and no. studied the market or investments no, for 100 not. years no. worth of history. No, not at all. I, I mean, just, you know, over the... Um, the years that I've been investing, I mean, I've seen the market going up and I've seen it going down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, when the, the last one hit uh, back in uh, 90s... Well, 2008, 2009, 2009 the, great, sorry, that, the Great Recession. Know, yeah. The, and, uh, you know, if I looked at my paper loss, it's like, wow, you know, but mm-hmm. that's just paper loss. I'm not mm-hmm. touching. I'm not going to withdraw. And if I withdraw, yes, I, t- I would have had a big loss. Mm-hmm. Stood with it. And... Uh, I, I almost tripled my money since then mm-hmm. just by virtue of staying in the market and and writing it out. Sure. And that, that, that means a lot. It does. And what I think the lesson for me and for listeners too is not only did you stand with it, but you were a cool customer through it yeah. also. Right, yeah. There are some people that were like sleepless yeah, for yeah, months yeah, on yeah, end yeah, right. and completely stressed out right. and then they were proven right yeah, too. Right. But you got the best of the both worlds because yeah, you were yes, right, yeah, just, um, not really shaken. Right. Not really shaken. Um Knowing that uh, you know, gone to, you know, back in what eighty eight, there was a, uh, a yeah, the market was, crash in eighty seven. You know, so you know, I wrote through that too, and knowing right. that you know, it, and it, the tech it, wreck in two thousand, yeah, right. and the uh, sell off after uh, September eleven two thousand and one right. attacks. Yeah. 
Um, so there's lots of episodes. There's a lot of episodes in that, you know, like I said, so, you know, you, you know, you came through that and you're going to come through something else and something else is going to come down the road eventually too. And, you know, just mm-hmm. got to stay with it and be optimistic mm-hmm. that it's going to be fine. So, um, the final question I have, and, and if you've been listening, I, I kind of have a feeling I know what the answer is, but I want to ask anyway, um, what advice would you give to a college graduate or somebody that's early in their career about money and building wealth, what would your advice be? Well, like I said, you know, pay yourself, but uh, start investing as soon as you can. If you're working for a company that participates in a 401, do it. I don't care if they don't even match your money. Just Mm -hmm. just put that money aside because that means so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that... an individual just starting off, um, get diversified, you know, in, in this stuff. You know, of course, when you're first getting into the business as far as investing in that, you won't have a lot of money. But, uh, you know, as you build your wealth, get diversified in different programs, uh, different means of uh, the market, so that this way, you know, uh, you'll be able to ride through the storms when they do happen. Beautiful. Very well said. I know this has been in the works for a while. I'm so glad we finally did it. It was great. I appreciate you sharing with me and, and the listeners, so thanks very much. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of Sage Point Financial Incorporated and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Please note, the information being provided is strictly as a courtesy. When you link to any of the websites provided here, you are leaving this website. We make no representation as to the completeness or accuracy of the information provided at these websites, nor is the company liable for any direct or indirect technical or system issues or any consequences arising out of your access to your use of third-party technologies, websites, information, and programs made available through this website. When you access one of these websites, you are leaving our website and assume total responsibility and risk for your use of the websites you are linking to. Securities and advisory services are offered through Sage Point Financial Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, insurance services offered through Elliott Wealth Management, LLC, not affiliated with Sage Point Financial. Simply Financial is part of the Exvadio Podcast Network. You can find Exvadio Podcasts at exvadio.com slash podcast, the Apple Podcasts app, iTunes Store, iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you find podcasts. So join us and stay informed and entertained.